I'm going to preempt this podcast and give it a solid D minus. Welcome to And the Kick is Good. Tucker, it would be the longest in NFL history if it's good. A 66-yard try. Tucker's kick is on the way. It is good! Crossbar, and it tumbles through. It is good! Time has expired. Justin Tucker... Yes, hello and welcome to episode 85 of the And The Kick Is Good podcast. My name's Tom, I'm your host, and I'm joined, as usual, by Brad and Colm. Yes. Correct. Thank you. Um... Yes, this is the post-draft podcast that is the recap show, and I'd just like to share Kyle Shanahan's sentiment when he says, thank fuck we don't have to watch college football for basically another 12 months. I know that Speak Colin... Speak yourself, I'm going to be watching Jackson Smith and Jigsaw tape. <laughs> yeah. uh, pretty much you now liar. You'll be watching quarterbacks <laughs> from about week three onwards, and you'll be <laughs> begging for them to do something well. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's that's your that's your head coach there, Cole. Who you said he doesn't really like college football. Yep, um, I respect him for a lot of things, but something about a Saturday afternoon watching teams put up fifty points on each other—that's just kind of a feeling. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, as I say, I, I can't I can't do it. It doesn't it doesn't resonate with me, um, which is why <laughs> when it gets to late Feb and I start turning on the, all this tape. It's like a whole new world to me, and I actually enjoy it more than sitting down and watching a game of college football. Anyway, Carl, I have to ask, Carl, do you watch it in the hopes of like, like, now this could be the play. There could be a defensive effort at any point. <laughs> this could be the one. This could be the one play where something happens on defense, or is it all just ah oh, another seventy-yard touchdown with no tackles? <laughs> What's your hope when watching a college game? I like it when they run a a draw play on like third and ten and it converts <laughs> it's just there's something quite remarkable about it you go why did they try that and why was it successful <laughs> <laughs> i cannot do, i cannot break down either of these two sides of the ball so i'm just going to get pissed and hope that it makes sense um on this week on the podcast we're going to go division by division and give you i can't call it an in-depth breakdown of each team's draft but we will cover every single team um, and look at kind of an overview of what their three days during the draft was like and kind of uh, give a little take on where we think they are going into this now, the deepest, darkest part of the offseason. Um, so get your lists ready, guys, because next week we're doing the 10 most important people ever to hold a field goal. That may or may not be a podcast next week. We've already discussed that Colin's probably not going to be here. So it could be that tenuous. Anything to bring <laughs> up before we go into the divisions? Um, just get your sheets ready, folks, because we will be offering you grades on these drafts, despite Tom's insistence that we won't. Waste of our time! Fucking waste of our time! I just wanted to add that the uh, cactus is doing well. Oh, you know about it. Latest football scores. Morning paper. Morning star. Paper mister. So we'll start. Imagine not loading up the 
the little pick is in noise and instead <laughs> while recapping the trial. Which one? Uh, that actually that actually brings me into a point that I was going to bring up some other point um, during this podcast, but I'll say it now because that's as good of a link in as I'm ever going to get it. Can we get rid of these weird C-list celebrities and these ex-players and these current players making picks and instead just fill it all with like kids? And teenagers, because they were the best part of any part of the draft for me. Was I mean? The... Hold on, go on. The best part of the draft. The best part was clearly Chris Angel hanging upside down trying to get out of a straitjacket, <laughs> and then being dapped up by Donny Osmond. What are you on about? I don't know who either of those two people are, but still, I'm going to maintain that the kid. Chris that... Angel is the mind freak. Okay, <laughs> you're not selling this. Magician extraordinaire. <laughs> Donny Osmond of the Osmonds. He may have once kissed his sister. We're not sure. There's a... Okay, I, I, I maintain that the kid that did the Giants pick was the best part of, of whatever night oh, that 100%. was. And then um, the night guy, one. The, the, the lad that did the Patriots pick, um, I think it was for the wide receiver they drafted. Like He nailed it as well. Those kids, and, and some are obviously make-a-wish candidates, some are like probably won a competition or whatever, but they are the best parts. If it's not going to be Goodell, it should be one of those kids who have a story and will actually enjoy it and blatantly haven't been paid. <laughs> because they might not have been, pay- been paid in dollars, but a lot of those guys that went up and did it got some sort of remuneration from the league. Even if it was just a hotel room in Vegas for the weekend, let's go into these draft classes. Okay, um, first one on the list, as I see it, um, is we're just going to run down the AFC first, um, and then my head always goes north, south, east, west, and therefore we'll start with Baltimore. Um, who wants to take this one? And the resounding no, probable Baltimore A plus it's going to be. <laughs> yes, Baltimore had an A plus draft. Perhaps one of the the most sound, resounding, you know, best pick available type drafts ever um, that, that's come out of here. I think between their their the top three picks of Carl Hamilton, Tyler Linderbaum, and David Ajabo, who at one point in time were all mocked to go within the top ten. Sixty. Sixty. Linda Linderbaum was never going in the top ten. He was. It, no, it wasn't. They was going in the top ten, but some people had him mocked that high. Whether you like it or not. The, stop the, reading columns, mock who, drafts. All right. <laughs> they yeah. Stop reading the, my diary, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> they had three of the top ten picks. You know, like top ten players, best players available. Ajabo fell due to his injury, uh, Achilles injury, but this was just. Like an amazing haul of picks for the Ravens. Um, they've also now picked the largest man in football as well with the fourth round pick with uh, Daniel uh, Falele out of Minnesota, who is 6'8", 360, or 390 even. Um, he's a massive boy. Um, so <laughs> they're, they're absolutely loving it. Now, this did come at some expense. Uh, and it's worth noting that they have traded away Marquise Brown, who, uh, by reports and by his own admission, was looking for a way out of Baltimore, but had handed, handled everything internally. You know, he told Harbour, he told Roman, and, and, and that was let Lamar know. And he said, you know, he negotiated with the team and said, you know, I, I want out, find a trade partner for me. But made none of it public. Um, 
And that actually worked compared to other players in the AFC North. Uh, <laughs> well, it's, it's very weird for a, for a member of the Brown family to uh, want to leave their team. You know, that's never happened before ever, is it? <laughs> so, yeah, he, he got traded. That's how they got the second, the first round pick, the 25th pick. They traded him away to the Cardinals. Um, we'll cover that more later on as well. But, yeah, just a, just a great draft for, for a team that wants to do a lot of rushing. They went out and secured everything that allows them to rush a lot and, and you know, field some holes uh, elsewhere across the board. Just uh, an all, yeah, a, a great draft for me, A+. plus. Colin, would you disagree with that um, before Tom besmirches grades? It's just kind of an interesting question of, did their offense get worse following this draft despite how much everyone's praising it? Linda Baum, great center. I've, I've no questions about him. Uh, clearly, I think will develop into a very good right tackle. But by trading away your best wide receiver, okay, you picked up two tight ends, but you haven't actually replaced what uh, you know Hollywood Brown gives you, right? In terms of that, you know, that speed threat. Well, they, they will. They so will are argue, they worse? They, they will argue that they have two other guys on the um, on the roster in um, uh, Pro- Rashad Bateman. No, no, no. Prochet and I want to say Humphreys, but it's not. Um, it's a guy they drafted last year um, who are like jitterbug guys who they can probably get 75 to 80% of the you there run really fast in a straight line that they were getting out of Marquise uh, Brown um, and so like yes okay they, they may have lost the real top end but like he was inconsistent he was pointless in the fucking running game when it comes to like run blocking um, and and in my mind and I could very well be wrong with this it felt like he was just a soft tissue injury waiting to happen where he would miss snaps and miss you know miss plays etc so I the fact that they got a first round pick for him okay they had to package up a third to send him out but that for me is is one of the like transactions of the entire draft weekend yeah I'm just wondering like <laughs> the way that Ross is going are they just going to run the Navy offense what you mean you mean the like Baltimore offense that... two years two years ago where they literally ran yeah. the most Everything... times ever in an NFL season, then yes, because now we have an Everything's extra... Everything's out of like 23 offense, and it's all like <laughs> double and triple options, wishbone, all that kind of yep. stuff, and you throw it like four times a game. No, they'll, 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 still, they'll still throw it. Like I think I think their their aim, like their love, would be to throw it 20-ish, right? Somewhere between 20 and 22 times a game. But they might... So the average, times like the average te- depth of target on those might be, you might have like five that go for five and le- five and fewer yards, and then you might have ten that are over fifteen yards because the run game and everything has pulled the safeties up so much that then you can use play action and hit the speedy guys that they have still got. Yeah, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Patrick Queen, Odafeo o- 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 and David Ajabo as your linebackers. Uh, I think I love the Ravens. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in my still time with the draft stuff, I think yeah, I love I love all those Ravens defensive uh, pick pickups as well. So assembled a great team. Definitely going to be one of the more interesting teams in the NFL to watch. They already are, but as you say, Tom, if they are look, only looking to do it, you know, twenty minimum, you know, twenty like ma- would be their ideal maximum if they need to to pass it. It does. Yeah, they feel like they're playing a different game than most of the NFL, yeah. right? Which is 
I like that. Celebrate, I, celebrate the unique. I, I think Lamar Jackson can be a successful quarterback when he throws the ball thirty-five to forty-five times, in in the style of Mahomes, Rogers, etc. But I think you get the best out of him when it, it when it throwing the ball is your curveball, and you yeah. are you know. And I think they have shown that they are a more successful team when they run more than they pass. Yeah. Do we want to head to Ohio? Uh, starting off with the Bengals, um, who had a, a fairly reserved draft by all accounts. Not too much movement. Um, just take a few players at their positions of need. Yeah, they they look like they've mostly tried to rebuild that secondary. Three picks going into uh, defensive backs. Uh, two early ones in Daxton Hill and Khan Taylor Britt. I've got those guys both down as more athletes than pure players if that makes sense you know i think they're they're very quick guys but you know very physical but not necessarily guys who are you know pure pure one thing in terms of pure cornerback pure safety so they're getting kind of a bit you know positionless i think in the secondary which is very interesting uh time will tell how effective they'll be but yes kind of a quiet one in terms of adding weapons adding to that high power offense which kind of carried them through last year. Clearly, they're quite happy with what they got there. And only added one offensive lineman. I think they spent most of their time trying to rebuild that from yeah. free agency rather than uh, drafting guys. They spent a lot of money in free agency on that O-line. They, so they finally realised that they couldn't draft offensive linemen after trying to do it for half a decade. <laughs> and when sod it, we'll just pay guys from other teams. Um, yeah. Also, of note, uh, was a, a guy that they drafted with their final pick, Jeffrey Gunter. Um, if Trayvon Walker is the number one overall pick for how he worked out, then Jeffrey Gunter is at least like a third rounder. His um, his metrics, <laughs> his relative athletic score, if you want to go off that, he is a workout warrior. Um, uh, yeah, just just an unbelievable gym guy um, with, that had you know fine pass rush ability, and so they're just hoping that they can do something with him eventually. For me, C plus, Cole. What about you? <laughs> oh, no, I'd, I'd give it a. I'd say uh, B minus at the very least. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> we found Mel Kuiper. The the other team in the higher Cleveland, um, for obvious reasons relating to trading for a potential uh, serial assaultist, uh, assaultist, assaulter, uh, they had only uh, picks from the third round onwards. Uh, they didn't manage to get anything for Baker Mayfield in the end, so he stays, and the whole question mark stays. I think key names they added were David Bell at wide receiver. Um, Isaiah Thomas is a two-sport star at defensive <laughs> end, apparently. Uh, and otherwise, it was just all... Well, yeah, well let's, let's hold on here. They've also drafted a kicker in the fourth round. You're really going to blow past that? Well, I, I didn't want to... Yeah, Cade York, yes, the fourth round pick, the first kicker off the board. Can't yeah. say I agree with it, but you, you, you go for it, Cleveland. Uh, they've also, today, uh, cut Chase McLaughlin and Chris Blewett as well. So Cade York is pretty much walking into the to the team as the, the number one starter. So uh, I think I've realised uh, a pro comp for David Bell, by the way, which is... I think he might be the next version of Keenan Allen in in that his college production was insanely high, but in terms of metrics, like you know, I don't think he ran a great forty if he ran one at all. 
you know, like he, he's not the the physical athlete, but he is that somehow workhorse that gets a ton of, uh, you know, ton of receptions and a ton of yardage because of it. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't mind it. Um, I think this is as C draft as it comes. <laughs> Just fairly down uh, the middle, no superstars. I, I, no. I've, I've got to disagree with you here. It's a C minus for me. Um, oh. oh, I can't wait to cut all of these draft grades out. With the, with the first kicker off the board, you're calling it a C minus. Well, I'm just I'm saying there was a great punter waiting there, and he didn't take him. So he That's... can he can kick field goals as well. Like he's a two, he does two things, you know, probably at once <laughs> if you asked him. Um, yeah, no, that's fair enough. Tom, anything to add on the Browns? Uh, yeah, just that nobody's like absolutely crowing over the Browns draft like they normally do, purely because they didn't have a first or a second round pick, and that's. Uh, kind of bundled up my issue with draft grades is that they're never contextual if you go back and, and look over most people's best drafts weirdly it's all people that had multiple first round picks it's like oh is it the people that had more picks when players are better had a better draft it's very strange that i, I would have thought that people would have realized that just by the nature of having more picks Right. Should, okay. should we move on to uh, the disappointment of a draft from <laughs> yeah. Tom's perspective? So I, I want to ask you here, Carl, and because and, we'll hold Tom off for another minute or two before he <laughs> delves into the future of his franchise. Um, I've never quite seen a team draft a QB controversy, have you? I mean, the Steelers wow. go out and they get a guy at QB and you think that's your future. 48 hours later and they're already drafting his replacement. Um <laughs> I've never well, seen such thing. Have you? I have. Yes, the Washington now Commanders did so with RG three and Cup Cousins in the same oh, draft. Yeah. I forgot they got both in the same draft. So, but it... so basically, I think yeah, I'm looking forward to the uh, you know 70 million fully guaranteed that um, Ludicon is going to eventually uh, demand <laughs> in about three years' time. Yeah, and somewhere in between, somewhere in the middle there, you've got to pay Mitch Trubisky what 28 mil. <laughs> so it's just a. It's just a, a silly bit and, and, and ridiculous GMing. And it's very clear to me why as soon as the draft was over, uh, Kevin Colbert was out of a job. Um, because he just shouldn't lead into this. Oh, Tom, can I, I'll ask you this question to start with. Okay. Would it have made sense for the Steelers to have given Kenny Pickett one of his like little golf pencils to make his hand seem bigger at the press conference? <laughs> <than Andy? laughs> yes. <laughs> however using those is very difficult when you're wearing gloves hmm. um, do I get to go now or do you, do you want to continue yes. this no, no that's fine uh, just to hold my 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 have a mighty have fallen etc oh, okay, right, uh, yeah. Colbert's basically done in Pittsburgh um, it is anticipated that he is retiring but actually I don't think he or anyone really close to him has actually said that he is stepping away after this. Obviously, the Steelers spent time um, interviewing GMs and things like that, but we're still yet to see it happen. So until then, hold this shot. But he had a very emotional um, press conference post-draft and, and kind of talking about his 22 years as a GM in the league and, and everything like that. But to move on to one of the biggest kind of talking points of the first round and the draft in general were the quarterbacks um, and at pick 20 the Steelers take Kenny Pickett who was the only quarterback taken for basically two whole rounds after that 
we were talking on the night column about because I, I was convinced it was Malik Willis. Um, everything that they'd said, everything they'd done in terms of signing Trubisky, I thought they would get the the, the more raw guy and sit him for a year and there'd kind of be no questions about that and hope to get a high end at the end of it, especially when they didn't move um, and, and stayed at 20. I thought it just made a whole lot more sense. But everything they've said about Pickett seems to suggest that they're comfortable with him at this point as a possible week one starter and there's going to be a competition. But mm-hmm. I didn't want them trading up and giving like multiple first and or second round picks away. I didn't want them mortgaging the early rounds of this year or next year on one of these quarterbacks because, to be honest, picking a QB at 20 here, if if Kenny Pickett absolutely shits it this year, you just go out next year and you draft another quarterback. And you do that until you hit on a quarterback. And I am so firmly in that camp that if, if one falls to you and you're like, you know what, this guy could be something, you just take him. Regardless, because if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything. So, from that standpoint, I don't mind the Pickett pick because he he was obviously their quarterback one. Quarterback one falls to you at twenty, regardless of what happens, you take him. Um, okay, so Tom is therefore advocating that Steve Kahn become the next GM for the Steelers. <laughs> like, yeah, but that's 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 like I know he got a lot of stick for that, but Kyler Murray has kept him in a job, and and Josh Rosen wouldn't have. <laughs> So, like, you can poke fun at it, but that was the correct decision, even though at the time everyone was going, well, you can't possibly do it. Of course you can. Of course you can. If you've got the number one or the number two overall pick and your quarterback that you love is there, then just take the deed. Anyway, getting into the rest of the draft class, um, because this was as lockstep as Kevin Colbert as it is ever going to get. As far as I'm aware, didn't trade up or didn't trade down just held firm every single one of their picks, let the draft come to them, drafted two wide receivers, one in the second and one in the fourth. Um, George Pickens, who some people had in their like top five, top six wide receivers. He was no one's you know, wide receiver one, um, but gives them the kind of big X receiver replacement for Deontay Johnson, who is probably a free agent after this year. Um, and then Calvin Austin, the third from Memphis, who is just speed, 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 um, Nice hands, good run after the catch, can play the slot, played a little bit outside, but it seems unlikely you're going to be putting a 5-9 guy out there. Um, and then drafted a defensive lineman, DeMarvin Leal, who I really didn't like. Um, Steelers do. Well, yeah, but then, then drafted Connor Haywood, who is Cam Haywood's brother, who is likely going to take on this like tight end, fullback, H-back, flex-type option in the offense. I was, I was going to ask you about this pick, by the way, Tom. Go on. Um, do you, well, one, do you think he's done this because Colbert is struggling to remember names in his old age? <laughs> and it's just like, uh, let's, t- let's take Hayward, and it just turns out his brother's in the draft. Or do you think he's really inspired by the way Roach had built a cricket club and decided that he just wants, like, you know, four families dominating the entire roster? I'm probably going to cut that joke because it's far too niche, but fair play. <laughs> <laughs> um, then in the seventh round, uh, they draft Mark Robinson, who I believe was the first player in the draft that the selection was made. They cut to the guys in the studio and they literally said they didn't have anything on this player. Not not one of them had any sort of breakdown about him. So can't wait to see him cut by the second week of preseason. Um, and then the, the pick that you guys were referring to, Chris, uh, a load of coon, 
the quarterback who is unbelievably raw, athletic, decent arm. But this is one of those picks that is sort of a throwaway in terms of the Steelers always have four quarterbacks in camp. But he was never going to make it to the Steelers as an undrafted free agent because of the way they structure their guarantees with undrafted free agents. So you just take him there. If he turns into something, if he turns into your QB3, then brilliant. Um, if not, you cut him, try and get him to the practice squad and see what happens. Um, but I think the the big one about this is that Mason Rudolph, as a slightly statuesque, more kind of normal, I, I hesitate to say pocket passer, <laughs> but your traditional quarterback is the odd guy out now. Go on then, give me your D grades for um, for, for Pittsburgh's draft. Uh, Carl, do you want to give your grade first? Uh C. I didn't care for it. Yeah, B minus. You address, address the position of need. You've drafted two likely Hall of Fame caliber, but before they uh, leave Pittsburgh and their careers get derailed, wide receivers in the second and the fourth round, which is just a sweet spot for you. So yeah, B, B minus. Standard all round, all round draft for you guys. Uh, AFC South. Then we'll move on to the AFC South. Um, and the highest pick that we've dealt with so far is going to start with the Houston Texans, who had the third overall pick. They took Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback out of LSU. They then uh, traded around a bit, ended up with Kenyon Green as well in the first round uh, before getting a couple picks in the second with Jalen Bater, um, the safety out of Baylor, and then one of my favorite players coming into the draft, John Mechie the third, wide receiver out of Alabama. They picked up a, a bit of tackle on either side of the lines, a tight end, uh, a running back, and a linebacker. So just a, for a team that's needs were marked down as everything, they went out and got pretty much everything. <laughs> um, Tom, how do you feel about this Davis Mills-led Texas team <laughs> in 2022-2023? In yeah, I think what they did was as you say, try to address a bunch of pieces, like uh, address a bunch of positions by just throwing stuff at the wall and see what fits. Um, They didn't really do anything that flashy in terms of the wide receiver they took was John Mechie, who you, you liked, I thought he was decent, but was, would have been double digits. I imagine in terms of wide receiver on most people's boards, um, and then kind of added trench guys, linebacker. Like, I'm just repeating what you said, to be honest, so I don't like, really know what I'm trying to contribute. But, uh, <laughs> it, it's, it, but but that's the type of draft class that it was, right? There was always this rumor about the Texans that they might be interested in a quarterback when really at no point did they show that they were. They got a bunch of guys that can probably sh- prove their worth in flashes, but I don't really think any of the guys that they drafted are going to win them a game next year maybe Derek Stingley does like you know and I don't mean he'll he'll pick off the pass that wins the game I just mean their general all-around play like you've drafted a guard at 15 and I love Kenyon Green right but that that was real high (laughs) for a guard and and that's to me is like that's a pick for next year or a future year so we just don't have to worry about guard he can play a bit of swing tackle that's not a problem but when we get the rest of the of the of the roster sorted we're not in a Cincinnati Bengals situation or we're not in a Chiefs in the Super Bowl 
um, situation when they played the Bucks, where our offensive line just lets us down entirely. So, the, to me, they're still like a four, five win team, if that. Um, just purely because a lot of these guys are kind of hit and hope. And if they do, I mean, John Mechie is what a ceiling WR two, isn't he? If if he's ever your WR one, I think I think you're looking to upgrade that position. <laughs> and so I think I, Probably, that's yeah. what I'm trying to get at is that this draft is a fine kind of roster rounding draft, but they're still hoping to get a top five draft pick next year and be in a position where they can go and attack that quarterback position. To me. Yeah, well, I mean, keep in mind they've now got two first-round draft picks next year, haven't they? Because they've also got the Browns' yeah. first-round pick. But I think I think you're absolutely right, and I, I don't hate it as a model of building a team to put all the pieces in place so that yeah, you might go four and thirteen next year, but if you can take that right, you know, take that swing and get yourself, uh, you know, like a Russell Wilson-style quarterback, or even just you know the best player available, suddenly you can go from four and thirteen to thirteen and four. Whereas if you don't have all these pieces in place, you know, we've seen it with the Texans where, you know, you might struggle to like nine and eight. Well, we've, just, and we've just seen it with the Jags where they've just had the back, the first yeah. round, the first overall pick to years in a row. That quarterback is more responsible for your team's record than anyone else. But having those pieces around him, that makes a difference of the two free wins and can really be quite a significant two to three wins in terms of like, you know, playoff standings and possibly even first round buys. Yeah, uh, draft grade on this one, Carl. I'm I'm giving it a. I, I liked you know Stingley and Petri. I, I'm going to give it a, an A A plus. I think Jesus. because even if they didn't address their biggest need, an a they plus. got everything else really well. Uh, I would have gone a B, maybe B plus uh, at a maximum. But fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Tom, you you had some objection to the A plus. So I thought you didn't care for grades. No, I think grades themselves are idiotic. <laughs> okay, well, if you feel like grading them yourself at any point, you know, feel free to should chime in. I'll pass um, this time, <laughs> thank you. Uh, next up is the Colts, a uh, team we didn't pick until the uh, second round, uh, mid-second round with the 53rd overall pick, where they took Alec Pierce, wide receiver at Cincinnati, who I loved, so I thought that was fantastic. They then picked up a few pieces of needs and just insurance for the future. Jelani Woods at tight end, Bernard uh, Bernhard Ryman at tackle, uh, Nick Cross safety, a couple of DTs, another tight end and a safety. So just a all round solid. Let's get some guys that can play football. You know, have them on the roster. Hopefully, uh, come September uh, and, and fill in as you need and, and some potential. Uh, Alec Pierce is someone I see who has strong wide receiver two potential, so it's nice to have a piece like that on the offense uh, and can make an immediate impact as you go to work with Matt Ryan on trying to you know use these last one two years uh, of this Colts roster as is you know to try and build a to make it into a Super Bowl contender. Um, anything else that you guys have really got to add about the Colts? I, I was pretty under impressed with the uh, Gianni Woods pickup. He might well turn into a solid player, but I think the third round value they put on him was quite high. I liked Raymond, the tackle they took after that. He was projected to be a, a first round pick at times. Yeah, by and you. To get him in the you, you were the one that took him in the first round in the mark. Yeah, yeah, because he's you know he's worth it. Oh, the okay. fact that he's going to be either a swing tackle or a, you know perhaps a, a 
you know, you play him as guard. I think that's you know tremendous value for his you know his talent skill set. You heard it here, here so, first. Yeah, I, Bernard I, Raymond out of the league by twenty twenty four. And Jelani Woods to the Hall of Fame. Yes, yeah. uh, without any yeah. gaps. Well, your your history in. of evaluating tight ends, I just think you should just move off of them. To be honest, ignore the position <laughs> totally and hope for the best. Um, right, the one of the, the the big one, perhaps the biggest one, and C plus. Uh, oh yeah, okay, good point. Oh uh, yeah, then yeah, C plus. I think is perfectly fair. Uh, the Jags first overall pick. We've mentioned it a couple times. It was Trayvon Walker, defensive uh, end out of Georgia. Uh, boy, uh, there was no smokescreen. Um, Turns out Trent Bulky may have a type, and Colum saw this one on the wall. Tom, you projected them to take uh, Evan Neal first overall. Uh, they proved you wrong by taking zero O linemen altogether in the draft. <laughs> I mean, um, they took a center, but other than oh, that. They, oh, they did take the center, yeah. Luke in the second that. round. Yeah, third Sorry, round. Sorry, third round. Apologies. Yeah, sorry, I forgot about that. But they, they didn't take either tackle, so Cam Robinson. They like Cam Robinson. Those might not have just been, oh, we've got a tag, let's use it. I think those are very much like Cam Robinson. But yeah, Trayvon Walker. Uh, and then, and just before, uh, and just to pat ourselves on the back, we did have the Bucks trading with the Jags. Uh, the Jags trading up into the first round to get a linebacker. Uh, and they got Devin Lloyd. So uh, Tom, quite happy with that. But yeah, Cole, you called this one. How do you feel about Trayvon Walker? To, to to the Jags at first overall. I love it as a fit in that, you know, he has long arms and that's absolutely what Bulky loves. As a player and as a prospect, I hate it. <laughs> um, yeah, Bulky gonna Bulky and it feels weird but everyone's like, why is he still a GM? Because it's a it's a valid question, and I don't know why why uh, can't can't quite see he's not very good at the job. He's just very good at like stabbing people in the back, getting them out of the job, and then somehow getting more power for himself. It's a weird thing he does. Mm-hmm. And Walker is somehow a pawn in this game. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the really weird projection of taking what you think a player could be versus what someone is right now. Yeah, then... I mean, I'll stick by my my uh, draft comp. You know, it is like liking Good Charlotte over My Chemical Romance. I absolutely love David Hutchinson. <laughs> you know, why? I, you know, you can say he's good, fine, but don't be a poser and say he's better. He's so just not. What you would say to uh, Trayvon Walker is welcome to the bulky parade. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> exactly, <laughs> <laughs> Tom. <laughs> I, a bombshell. Well, I was I was watching feeling. Maurice Jones Drew uh, try and fucking validate this pick, and he was saying, "Well, you know, you, you play in the AFC South when it's only the real only division where it's it's run first in kind of every single team. So you really want to draft players that can play the run first, and 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 you can worry about rushing the passer second. And I'm like, yeah. I think you're showing why you're not part of a front office, mate. Like, sure, you could, but if you wanted to play the run and then rush the passer, you still draft Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson. Like this, this argument, as you've put it, that well, his upside might be greater than Aiden Hutchinson's. Yeah, 
like maybe, but drafting purely for upside is how you get fired. And not drafting a single, like even tackle or guard, and just spending one pick on a center when your first round rookie quarterback struggled largely at times and you could put it to maybe it was just the head coach but their weapons aren't exactly insane I guess they're hoping that Travis Etienne comes back and provides a lot of burst and juice and they can run dump offs for 40 yard gains and things like that but what have they done in this draft really to help Trevor Lawrence and I think the people that sit there go well he doesn't have to score 35 points a game right but if he goes out there and breaks a collarbone in week one because his tackle is a fucking turnstile, then it doesn't matter how many fucking points you then hold the you other dra- team. Then you, then you trade for Gardner Minshew again. <laughs> like that's, that's his value. He's the I got the starting QB's collarbone is both broken. Yeah. Now is my time to shine. Yeah. I, I just well, Nick Foles just got released. You could just pick him up for free. <laughs> yeah. Like I. I... I have great worries about Jacksonville and their possibilities for next year because anything that they do do will be basically dragged out of them by either opposition mistakes or Trevor Lawrence's kind of coming into his own in his second year um, because as much as I love Devin Lloyd and I see this, like him and, De- and Chad Moomer, who happen to be two of the only linebackers that I watched, ca- could form quite a... like formidable pairing in terms of going sideline to sideline and really kind of covering the pass like they still haven't really got a great pass rusher because Josh Allen is fine but he's not about Devin Lloyd and Chad Moomer they don't forget they spent a lot of money on uh, Olokun this offseason as well sure (laughs) I think there's a similar role at linebacker 11 linebackers to play ten, the same role. <laughs> ten linebackers and Trayvon Walker. Just yeah. No, I just I I'm not sure I get the direction that they're trying to go in. And when you compare this to the Houston draft, where you go, okay, you've kind of addressed a bunch of positions, and we can see what's going on. I don't think you can do that same thing with this draft. I I they they have done the done it the other way round, where they've got the quarterback, and now they're trying to build the roster, and it just hasn't gone their way, in my opinion. I know what the Jags are trying to do. The Jags are history makers, trendsetters. You know, people who are trying to do. <laughs> I know where you're going. I already know where you're going. The Jags are trying to draft first overall yeah. three years in a row for the <laughs> first time ever. <laughs> That's what the Jags are trying to do. Jags trying to get that free peak. And next year, when Trent Bulky takes a quarterback. First overall, having yeah, become the head coach because he's got thirty-four inch arms. <laughs> because it, it, he wants to accelerate what the Browns are doing, like yeah. just just mark it in for for pure insanity. Colin, prepare the timeline for when Trent Polky gets fired because I think we're gonna have a fun time between him uh, repeating the Urban Meyer one. Um, oh no, it'll be Doug Peterson that goes next. <laughs> <laughs> It could be both. Uh, it could be both. It could be all three if if the NFL steps in and t- tells Shard Khan that he needs to uh, actually run a franchise. It's it's not interesting for us if you have the first overall pick in the draft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that'll be an interesting one. Right, let's let's steamroll because we're through seven teams in forty two minutes. <laughs> um, so we do do want to speed up, and there's a lot to get through. So. Uh, the Titans are next. They had perhaps one of the biggest news stories 
Um, we'll address the contract side of it when we get to the Eagles, but they traded A.J. Brown away to the Philadelphia Eagles uh, in order to get the first round pick. They then used that to go and get Traylon Burks. Um, they also picked uh, Roger McCreary, cornerback in the second. Uh, Nicholas Petit Frere, tackle in the third. Malik Willis fell to them uh, in the late third as well. So potential life after Tannehill. Uh, there as well, so a nice project fit. I think Willis obviously at one point was projected to be what second receive uh, second QB off the board, um, and in and a first round pick, but falling to the third is a is a hell of a fall. So, but I think this is a solid solid draft class for them. Um, total total B B work, uh, B grade work, and and getting rid of AJ Brown who has been paid a substantial amount elsewhere and replacing him for effectively pennies on the dollar comparative-wise is it, fantastic work for, from them. Tom? Yeah, yeah. I, like I said, steamroller and then go into one of the teams that I have the most to say about um, in the entire yes. draft. But, but I, <laughs> I will try, right? Um, I'm kind of going to touch on the quarterback situation and uh, Ryan Tannehill in particular. Um, quickly on the quarterbacks, I think teams got two in their heads about the quarterbacks in this draft. It was obvious that teams didn't really like them, right? By the fact that, that the first one went at 20 and there was no real trade up for them. I mean, the Lions, who will come to you later, traded into like 14 or 15 and didn't take a quarterback. And, and I think the longer the draft went on, the more these teams kind of went, oh, we must be right about these quarterbacks because nobody else took a quarterback. It is very rare for a draft class to happen where no quarterback is at least serviceable. And the longer it went on, I think all these teams, they just, it started to get reinforced that these quarterbacks went in against, so they let them slide and let them slide and let them slide until it got to a point that it was just silly that only one quarterback had gone. Because there are redeeming qualities for basically each of these quarterbacks. The thing with Malik Willis is that he was always going to have to sit this first year. He is so raw it's untrue and he was going to have to have such a big leap but if he made the leap then he would be top 10, top 5 kind of without question. And how that plays into Ryan Tannehill is that by the time the next season starts Ryan Tannehill will be 34. He has this year and next year left on his contract and right now he is on the cap for 38.6 million this year. They could have cleared about 20 mil of that at a drop of a hat by restructuring him into already existing voyages. That would have given them more than enough to extend AJ Brown. Now, okay, apparently there were issues about total money, etc. But the issue wasn't that there was no way they could make cap. Okay. If they were that entrenched and that sold on Ryan Tannehill and AJ Brown, they'd have restructured Ryan Tannehill. No issue because 34 is not 34 in 2022 is not 34 in 2012 in terms of quarterbacks. Right? We're currently seeing some of the best quarterback play come out of quarterbacks who are 40. So it's not the end of the road. And if they were really, really happy and dead set. On draft on, on keeping Ryan Tannehill, they'd have they'd have extended him into those voyages, restructured him, probably kept AJ Brown because it just would have made sense, and then put like plowed on with this same offensive scheme for the next two or three years. However, trading up for, for Malik Willis and in such a way that again, it's only a third round pick. 
if he comes through camp and stinks it up and they play him in week 17 or week 18 of next year and again just looks like a rabbit in the headlights then they just go all right cool it's a third round pick third round picks have busted in the past what does it really matter right but there is a chance that there are serious conversations about Ryan Tannehill being a cap casualty next year when they could save 18 mil by cutting him. That pick, he's probably the biggest range of outcomes of any in the draft because we we are either looking at the Titans starting quarterback for the next decade or a guy that could be cut within 18 months and nobody really bats an eyelid and kind of goes, oh yeah, this QB class was terrible. Um I'll go, I won't lie, Tom. I stopped paying attention to you like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> we said, shall we speed this up? And then you went in-depth on uh, QB contracts. And yeah, I'm just... Uh, I don't know why I'm you're still talking, say, Colin, because I'm editing this week. So you could just shut uh, up. <laughs> I'm going to say D+. Plus. Right. Lovely stuff. D plus. Right. To the east uh, we go. Uh Buffalo Bills. They uh, with the first round they took Kyer Elam to play alongside Tredavious White. They drafted James Cook at running back in the second, Terrell Bernard at linebacker in the third. Took a little break. Uh, Khalil Shakir in the fifth, Matt Ariaza punter in the sixth, and a few other speculative pieces here or there. Solid all round draft. Elam was, I think, consensus third best cornerback in this draft, maybe fourth, depending on where you line up. With Booth, Trent McDuffie, yeah, I think Trent McDuffie, Trent McDuffie, McDuffie was yeah. But yeah, fourth gets to play alongside Tredavious White. Fills a need. They add a few um, talent players. The, the Bills are in that situ- uh, fortunate position where they can draft for just you know talent and see how things go. Um, I don't think anyone's going to be looking back too much on this one. You know, if it goes well for them, great. But if it goes poorly, eh, you took well. a few shots. Right. No, sorry. I, I'm, I'm going to say they've drafted a Hall of Famer in this class. I, I'm not accepting that. Uh, is that Matt Ariza, <laughs> punt god? <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes, it is. I don't know how much punting he's going to do uh, in that with that offense they've got there. But boy, when he does punt, he will be booming it downfield. Yeah. Love him as a sixth round value. I had him in the second round with my, uh, on my draft board. <laughs> Top quality pick. A++ draft for the Bills. Yep. Uh, The Dolphins were next. They had four picks total in this draft. Um, They took Channing Tindall in the third and Eric Ezukanma, wide receiver at Texas Tech in the fourth and just a pair of seventh round picks. I really liked Ezukanma on film and could be really interesting, especially the dynamic he'll bring um, once Devontae Parker eventually leaves. Um... You know they'll have hit Terry Kill, Jalen Waddle, and then Ezukama there as well. Um, Tom, anything to add on these folks? Uh, no, just the big the big addition is Tyreek Hill, and, and I don't think we can look past that when when evaluating their draft class. Yeah, exactly. It's a hell of a draft class because it's somehow got you Tyreek Hill, um, and I'll give them a B plus um, just for that. Uh, then we had the Patriots with perhaps. One of the most discussed, talked about, and sort of debated draft classes that I've seen, um, with a lot of confusion and a lot of questions around, uh, mainly because they took Cole Strange, the 29th overall pick, uh, out of Chattanooga. Uh, It's clearly a guy they liked, it's clearly a guy a lot of other teams liked as well, Um, but... 
uh, because he wasn't on a lot of boards, people have gone out of their way to say the Patriots can't draft and they don't know what they're doing and they may have reached as well on Tyquan Thornton in the second uh, and then Marcus Jones in the third. They even took Bailey Zapp in the fourth, which confused people. Let's make it clear. They just want a cheap backup option to Mac Jones because Brian Hoyer isn't going to stick around forever. <laughs> I don't know. Who's the other one? I don't know. When the, when the bomb drops, <laughs> it might be cockroaches and Brian Hoyer. That might be it. <laughs> it's him or Sudfeld that's there right now, right? isn't it? So, like, yeah, that, that's No, Sudfeld's at the 49ers. Oh, okay. It, whoever the other one, the other backup is, they just wanted a backup, which is absolutely fine. Um, but yeah, people debate this draft, yeah. and I think this is the one that a lot of people are down upon if you look on grades and discussions. And I think this is ultimately the one that turns around and goes, right, you've taken a lot of non-sexy picks, and you've made a solid roster. Uh, and if you reviewed this in five years, you probably go, oh, that was a B plus. But right now, everyone's rushing it to give it D's and F's in some cases, which I think is slightly unfair. Cole, anything to add? So you were gonna... Yeah, thanks for throwing to me on this one, Brad, because I've got about 10 minutes I want to do on this. So... <laughs> is it on Bailey Zapp? <laughs> <laughs> it is very much on Bailey Zapp. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, as I said when we did the QBs, I think he might be the most... He, he does some of the most QB things out of the QBs in this entire class in terms of like stepping up in the pocket and going through multiple reads. I think I, I knocked him down for his, uh, you know, ability to throw the ball, which was an issue. Um, but, you know, I, I liked his poise and stature in a pocket, which I thought was very good. Uh, yeah, a lot of talk, as you said, about Strange. I think in particular from um, uh, the Rams head coach, whose name is escaping me. For some Overall, I liked some of the guys in terms of, parts of their skill set and how they could do one particular job very well, like Thornton as we talked about, great speed um, yeah, strong as well actually a really good zone runner, I think um, how, you know how they all pan out in, you know, in the NFL is the big question but I like part of their skill sets so I'm going to give this a B- minus. Tom, what's your grade? Uh, get fucked, but I think when you look at this <laughs> you, see, you see a um... Uh, kind of duality with it, right? Where they opened with an interior lineman in Cole Strange, and then they drafted a tackle in the center with their last two picks. They drafted two running backs, they drafted two corners. It, it's like a kind of shotgun approach of like one of these picks at one of these positions is going to hit out of the two that we take or the three that we take. And so it's just kind of a law of averages game where okay they're taking slightly kind of questionable players in terms of where the consensus has them but because you're kind of double dipping at them you're you're giving yourself more of a chance for them to hit what you perceive their ceiling to be yeah that's fair that's fair i agree with that um Cool. Let's wrap up the East. We're two down, an hour in. Uh, no, three down. Three down. Crikey. Uh, the Jets, who had the fourth overall pick, they have perhaps one of, uh, alongside the Ravens, one of the most vaunted classes, at least in theory, um, in terms of what people put in. They took Ahmad Source Gardner with the fourth overall. They then stuck at the tenth overall pick and didn't trade for Debo Samuel and took Garrett Wilson. They then traded in. Uh, we had the right, we had the right position 
the right player, uh, the right sort of trade, and we even had the right city, Tom. We just <laughs> missed on which team it would be. So close. Uh, as Jermaine Johnson went one, uh, 26th overall uh, to the Jets as well to complete a really solid first round. They didn't even give up their second rounder either. They kept it and they took Brees Hall running back who will, I think, eventually step in to make a kind of a formidable one-two partnership with Michael Carter, uh, which is kind of nice. And then they just took a few more insurance pieces. Uh, Jeremy Rocket, tight end, Max Mitchell, OT, uh, and Michael Clemens, uh, another edge. Um, I really like this draft class. I really think they've drafted a ton of good to solid players, you know, some with you know all-star potential in terms of uh, Ahmad Gardner um, and potentially Wilson. So I love this draft, and I can't speak highly enough of Joe Douglas's draft class. I think he's done a great job uh, helping to turn that franchise around. Hopefully, we hope. Uh, any other thoughts and feelings on the Jets here? Nope. Uh, Lovely no. stuff. Okay. T- team with lots of first round draft picks gets really good grade from people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to the to the west, uh, we go with the Broncos. Most of their draft class was dictated by the trade for Russell Wilson, although they still ended up with a, a solid amount of day three picks. Uh, their first pick was uh, was Nick Benito, uh, linebacker with the sixty fourth pick, and they took Greg Dolchich, tight end. Um, with the uh, third round pick and they say a bunch of other names a lot of this is all contextualized as I say by the fact that they have Russell Wilson now um, <laughs> any, any strong feelings on the Broncos pick other than as I said they have Russell Wilson now I like Russell Wilson now <laughs> I, I like their new defensive tackle Uwa Zarike but not as much as I like the other <laughs> defensive tackle Onwu Zarike <laughs> yeah, so there was a there was some stumbling over how to pronounce that name I saw um, as well. Then we have uh, so we have the Chiefs. Uh, they moved up in the first round to grab Trent McDuffie, the cornerback. They also stuck around instead of trading out and took George Karlaftis with a 30th overall pick, which I think me and Tom both love and hate because why <laughs> did the Chiefs need to get better? No, that's uh, fine. They, no, 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 no. Like I'm t- all the good players just go to the AFC West. Like that's that. Just do it, all right. Make it the best division of football. Which is the only division we want to watch, and just let it happen for a bit. Become the NBA. Just take, 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 take yourselves out of <laughs> account as well for the playoffs. Uh, they then took Sky Moore, wide receiver. They've also gone and picked up Justin Ross, who went undrafted due to his spinal fusion issues. But they they've added two potential. Um, yeah, people had those potential first round. Uh, great. So they've added two wide receivers there. They also added safety cover and Brian Cook, and then took linebacker Leo Chanel uh, to round up their top three uh, round picks. A solid draft class by all accounts. Fulfill the needs. Add one or two sexy players, you know, with Sky Moore to, to do the, the offensive side of the things. But otherwise, this was all sure up the defense and let Pat do what Pat does best, right? Yeah, I think in terms of day one stuff, I think this is probably my favorite favorite draft. Oh wow! Uh, love you know you guys spoke very highly of Kalafis. I really like McDuffie as a, a as a nickel guy, and yeah, I think obviously factoring that they've lost probably their best offensive weapon, not named Patrick Mahomes, I think that's a, a really good draft class. 
Yeah. Top end, anyway. I think, yes, losing a several time uh, Pro Bowl and, <laughs> and all pro talent will make an offense worse. Um, it'll also make other offenses better. Uh, and that's why the Raiders draft is in the context, once again, of they used the picks to acquire Devontae Adams, which makes them a lot better. Um, just of note, Mel Kuyper is in the position that you were, Tom, about four years ago. Um, when the Raiders took uh, Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Abrams, they have now uh, announced that they will not be taking up their fifth year options. <laughs> However, Mel Kuyper has waxed lyrical about the Raiders taking two of his guys. So I look forward to his inevitable disappointment in four <laughs> years when they prove to be so-so and injury-prone players. Uh, <laughs> those of note are Dylan Parham, uh, guard, and I believe the other one was Matthew Butler, uh, defensive tackle. He loves those. Uh, he had those as two of his top picks. They both went to the Raiders, and he's all about their draft class <laughs> as a result. Colm, anything to add on these? Yeah, the Raiders only went uh, trenches and running back, right? Yes. Guard, <laughs> uh, two 2D two tackles, a no tackle, two running backs. Wild stuff. So, yeah, Zamir White could Who... be a dynasty option. Uh, I'm declaring it now. Uh, Josh McDaniels is bringing forward the future of the NFL, <laughs> which is Smash Mouth football. <laughs> There we go. Uh, and then we have the Chargers, who, to the relief of some, did not take Tyler Linderbaum, uh, but also did not pick up uh, Jameson Williams either. They ended up with Zion Johnson uh, with the 17th overall pick. They then, then didn't pick till the third round, where they took JT Woods a safety. Uh, and Isaiah Spiller, who fell, and I use that term loosely, uh, because this wasn't a strong running back class, but he fell to them in the fourth. Texas A&M, a few other names in here of course, you know, to fill out day three but I think those were the core ones any strong feelings on Zion Johnson or what the Chargers did here? I think Zion Johnson as I've said in the group he is a, a fine first round pick, I I cannot see him developing into the Quinton Nelson, the Brandon Brooks, like the the real strong, dependable, like all pro type guard. I think he's just going to be, he, he can be your guard for six, seven years and you cannot think about that position. Supplement it with like rotate the other position with either later round picks or guys that you get on kind of cheap free agency deals. Like he will be fine, but 17, like when I say that Kenny, um, uh, Kenny and Green. Yeah, Kenyon Green, thank you. When I say that he was my favourite interior guy and he was too high at 15, to then take Zion Johnson, who to me wasn't wasn't on the same planet as Kenyon Green. It, it's a, like two picks later. I get what they're trying to do in terms of just make sure Herbert doesn't die like he did in his rookie year because that <laughs> dude took so many fucking hits. It was unreal. But you could, you could have got someone better for me at that pick. Who did the Chargers... Take like what did they do with their second round pick? They trade. They used um, it last year. It was traded or uh, I can't remember. Yeah, they traded it for a guy called Khalil Mack. I don't know if you're familiar oh. with him. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Of course they did. Thank you, Colin. It's yes, thank you. I, I heard of him once or twice about six years ago, and then he he moved somewhere yeah. and basically wasn't heard of since. Yeah. I mean, a, a B plus use of a second round pick, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I do like it. Um, continuing the speed through uh, as we go into the NFC now. 
Uh, starting the NFC South uh, with the Falcons. They took the first wide receiver off the board with Drake London with the eighth overall pick. They are currently missing uh, their other first round pick, Kevin Ridley, due to suspension. Um, they've now got him in the same offense as Kyle Pitts. So uh, expect the nickname the Two Towers to take off for this team should Marcus Mariota lead them to success um, because that's what they are they are two they've got two big boys uh at wide receiver uh or the receiving position so that's good um then they went out in day two picked up arnold ibikite uh the edge at penn state troy anderson linebacker uh they also took d'angelo malone and as you mentioned earlier tom with a third round pick they took desmond ritter over malik willis i don't like that as much but i can understand why so they they got their quarterback in the third round as well and just uh as they start to rebuild, it does seem like the Falcons, obviously they're still in a little bit of cap situation, but this is sort of, they're rebuilding, adding a few stud positions, and are then going to look to go out, get the rookie QB at some point, and in the meantime, fill out the rest of the roles, you know, via free agency a lot of the time, right? Like that. The Falcons don't want to announce that they're in the tank, but they've got to be careful they don't have another <laughs> six, seven win season like they have been doing for the last few years because it will just leave you in purgatory. You do well, need to. And that's the thing, dynamite. right? Is you compare this to the Texans draft. And okay, I, like, I don't think you can ever be in trouble for drafting Drake London. Like that, you know, that was one of those most slam dunk picks we saw kind of all pre draft thing was. was Drake London going yeah. in the top 10, right? But you could see that an offense with Kyle Pitts and Drake London um, and a bit of Cordell Patterson, Tyler Algier, like you could see how that could win six games and, and, and keep them out of the top sort of four or five and, and, and mean that they miss out on that quarterback. Well, really just the same notes I made about the Texans. You know, I, I like the idea of if you're not in love with a QB you know, uh, build the rest of your team around. So when you do get the QB, he slots right in and you're, you know, you're a divisional contender. That's what we've done. Uh, solid B minus, uh, <laughs> in this case for me. Ah, C plus C plus. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, we'd move on to Carolina who were in one of the more, the larger predicaments considering they had a lack of draft picks based on their trade last year for Sam Donald. They had the position at the six. What do you go and do? Do you go and get the QB that you want? Do you try and trade back? Is there much of a market? That's something we haven't really touched upon was that the market for trades really wasn't there until the mid-first round. That's when teams started moving back. No one wanted to make the the you know the leap up traditionally. We went, what, uh, 11 picks, 12 picks without a trade? Uh, before <laughs> it felt like every other pick was a trade after that. Uh, but they took Ikem Okonwu, uh, the tackle of NC State, with the sixth overall pick. Uh, probably the, uh, for some people, the best player left available at that point. Best person, uh, yeah, best player available um, with who went next. They did end up getting one of the QBs uh, with Matt Coral in, in the third round as well. They never traded for Baker Mayfield, so... That Although it has for. come out this afternoon that they might still be interested in a veteran quarterback, so yeah. <laughs> after saying that they weren't, and then they were, and then that they weren't, now they are again. 
Yeah, so... It's... Uh, can I just break a bit of news, guys? Yes. And it's not about Odell Beckham. It's about okay. Jason DeAndre Barrett, Hopkins... It... No, DeAndre Hopkins has been suspended for six games for violating the enhan- uh, enhancing drug policy Whoa. of the NFL. <laughs> okay. Oh. I believe he had a dilated sample at the Combine Diluted? back in 2013, right? I don't oh, remember. Like he was going to be suspended for that. Yeah. That, that, that'll be appealed down to four, one assumes, because that's just how it works. Uh, no, they've, been mm. fairly, they've been fairly strict at those, haven't they? Not they, sure. They, they, can't, tend can't to sit, they tend to stay at six, um, which is pretty crazy. Pretty crazy, but crikey. I guess they're glad they traded for Marquise Brown. But they've lost the real uh, game changer in Christian Kirk, who obviously, as we know, uh, completely defined the wide receiver market. <laughs> so Jesus Christ, yeah, that's a that's a huge suspension. We'll see how that plays out. Let's see. Tom said they might that might drop, but who knows? Who knows? Um, anything else left on Carolina, or shall we move on to the Narlins Saints? They took Chris Alave. They were the trade up uh, to eleven to take Chris Alave, wide receiver out of Ohio State, which I think we all agree we love. They then took Trevor Penning uh, with the 19th pick, which I think we all agree is meh. Uh, and then they took Alonte Taylor safety uh, with the second round pick before not picking for, you know, uh, until the late fifth round. So, uh, or early fifth round even. So they, they had a decent draft. They needed some support for Michael Thomas. They don't really have a whole lot of other receiving options. Um, and you need some... You needed a replacement for Terrell Armstead. Is Trevor Penning a like for like? No. But is he <laughs> someone that will fulfill the role for a few years? Does he play yes. tackle? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like that's sort of that was sort of the draft. So it, it, he could. Is this an example of how the cap magic that everyone praises the Saints for actually shows that he get in trouble sometimes? <laughs> sort of. <Yeah. laughs> I like how so in auction fantasy leagues there is a tactic called stars and scrubs where you spend all of your auction capital on uh, your first three guys and then just hope to round out the roster with, like, nothings. And that is exactly what the Saints did this draft. (laughs) Traded, like, twice pre-draft, traded up during the first round, spent all sorts of draft capital on Chris Alave, and then went, fuck it, the rest will work yourself out. I, I just I, I, do you think Loomis got bored and was just like ah, I need to do something I'm going to trade the Eagles just to, just to freak the league out a little bit uh, just to keep them on their toes uh, to finish off the NFC South uh, Tampa Tom you described it best just trade back we've got Tom um, and that's all they did they just kept trading back they traded out the first round still went out and got Logan Hall with the uh, first pick of the draft it was the second pick of the second round did you say uh, Logan now, Paul? I understand that he's perf- Logan yeah, so I understand he's a boxer. <laughs> Logan Paul. I said Logan ah, Paul. Right, okay. Uh, so don't worry. If they drafted Logan Paul, I mean, that's a hell of a flex on the league. Uh, you probably deserve a playoff place. <laughs> yeah. Just be like, yeah, they've, gone, yeah. <laughs> they've gone from uh, TB12 to Team 10. <laughs> they saw the commanders. They saw that the commanders hired an influencer to be their official team social media correspondent when... We're going to one-up you. We're going to draft one. <laughs> we saw a great tape at WrestleMania for Logan Paul, so we're now going to make him our, our second uh, second round pick. But no, yeah, Logan Hall, Edge, uh, Luke Godecki, uh, tackle, and then added Richard White as well, uh, running back. So a solid sort of overall draft for them. Nothing nothing major earth-shattering here. 
right. I mean, they took a punter column. They took Jake Kamada, so I'll, I'll note they took a punter. But nothing, no no major moves here other than training back and just getting additional. How can you possibly points, say that? They drafted in the fifth round a corner who basically shares a name with one member of this podcast. <laughs> All right? And it's not Zion, often... Zion Bradley. It's, it's not often that Colin gets his name anywhere. All right? It's like Bart <laughs> when he goes in to try and buy the like specialised thing and it says Bort. Who's Bort, right? Colum is Bort. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and you've just glossed over Zion McCollum, which brings me to the fact that I think this is the best ever draft for names. There are some phenomenal names. No, last names. year was. Oh, no, no last year was. There are some phenomenal names in here. Like, I, I'm sorry. Are we? Why are we disrespecting Cheeseman like this? <laughs> I mean, I think the reasoning geez. for disrespecting Cheeseman is plainly obvious. <laughs> Shall we move on to the next team? Cheeseman was a would have been a, a second or a third round name draft <laughs> in this in this year's draft. All right, he he wasn't cracking the first round. Um, the Bears uh, again in context they didn't have the first round pick because they traded it to the Giants more on that shortly uh, to get Justin Fields last year uh, they took Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Briscoe with their second round picks that they had so just filling out at the DB level uh, Velas Jones Jr. was their first offensive pick with the 71st pick overall and oh boy they invested a lot of capital to get Justin Fields and have invested minimal capital in giving him someone to fucking throw to. Uh, his current starting wide receivers are going to be Darnell Mooney, Byron Pringle, and uh, Villas Jones Jr. So, yeah. <laughs> Sucks to be Justin Fields, right? Like... <laughs> if, if I told you that they drafted four-fifths of an offensive line, but the earliest guy they drafted was pick 168. <laughs> Do you, would you think that they hate their quarterback? It, I, I, what are they doing? What are they doing? <laughs> With the 255th pick, they took a punter. Because you think they realise that someone's going, oh shit, yeah, we're going to be doing that a lot. Let's grab one. <laughs> <laughs> no, what they, hey, let's, let's give them... Let's, I think they took a more optimistic approach, which is we've invested a lot in our defence, Let's make sure we can get that defense onto the field early. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the best joke you've ever made on this podcast, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, this is a draft that doesn't get shit on enough. Um, and <laughs> yes, it is a, 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 at times a result of the uh, what Ryan Pace left them with. But holy shit, was this like a D. If there's ever a draft that needs to be given a D, D, D minus... Or even uh, close well, to an F, this was it. Well, the NFL.com has given them an A minus, just FYI. <laughs> How? How? <laughs> what think, are they seeing that we don't? I think I think they've included Justin Fields as part of this draft class. You so can't how do is that, that even an A minus? That doesn't make sense. You can't was, because they gave up the first round pick for him. He was murdered last year behind that line, and you've gone cool. Let's roll it back up. We might have Tevin <laughs> Jenkins back from injury. That's not going to change anything. <laughs> He's still going to be a sophomore behind a shit no, line look. with no one to throw to and no running game to bail him out. You it's tell a him, bro. Draft. Give it to him. No, look, what they've done, like. Last year, right, you know, they, they struggled behind that offensive line. Five guys were landing on top of Justin Fields on most plays. 
with these late graphics, the they the might fans. find one that can hold up so that only four guys hit him in the backfield at a time. Look, Brad, it's... don't talk all over Column's shit punchline, all right? Just because we can all see it coming. It was just horrible. But hey, Bears fans, if you are listening, the last time I shit on a team so hard, that went and traded for Tyreek Hill uh, and turned around, <laughs> seemingly turned around the whole team. So hey ho, things are looking up for you. Um, second overall pick was with the Detroit Lions and after what I can imagine was only a smokescreen by the NFL to convince you that they may have been taking Kayvon Thibodeau instead uh, they took Aiden Hutchinson uh, defensive end out of Michigan with the second overall pick they submitted the pick so quickly that the NFL got annoyed with them that they couldn't <laughs> run more ads on it that goes to show you how much the Thibodeau stuff uh, was not believable uh, they then traded up into the first round, uh, back into the first round for the 12th overall pick, and perhaps one of the steals of the draft because they didn't have to give up one of their second round pick, both their second round picks with the Vikings uh, to get Jameson Williams, uh, wide receiver out of Alabama. The unfortunate thing is Jared Goff is still throwing the ball, um, so that that pick will take some time to to come to fruition. Um, and then they just picked, you know needs the rest of the way and, and BPA and yeah I like this draft for Detroit Hutchinson was perhaps the most complete prospect coming into this draft so I, I think it's a strong strong one and hometown boy you know it's gonna it's gonna sell merchandise it's gonna reignite belief in the franchise so that that should only be good things for for Detroit right yeah until they're three and five in week eight yeah if they're three and five in week eight, Tom, you know that Detroit are still talking about the playoffs, which is not something that they have, that they've done for years. In this so. year's NFC, you might be right. Actually, <laughs> there's still a chance. Uh, Carl, anything to add? Just again, that I'm putting them in the same bracket as the Falcons and the uh, Texans. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, then we move on to Green Bay, who went out of their way to make sure that they didn't draft a wide receiver in the first round. Uh, but did take one early day two. Uh, not sure why. Uh, they doubled up with Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt, both out of Georgia, um, at linebacker and tackle respectively in the first round. As mentioned, traded up for Christian Watson out of North Dakota State, who was considered one of the more exciting prospects of this draft class. And then uh, finished it off with uh, Romeo Dubs uh, with Nevada in the fourth round as well. Um, I really like this draft class <laughs> they took a they took two not sexy picks at you know functional linebacker and big boy d tackle and then top yeah let's, off with, let's be careful when we're, when we're saying that Devontae white is not sexy all right <laughs> that boy is thick <laughs> okay he, he if you like your hog mollies then yeah he's 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 got some molly for your hog um but otherwise you know, everyone else is like, we drafted a Dean Lyman when I think half of uh, Wisconsin is, you know, frothing at the mouth for a first round wide receiver. Um, certainly bold. Uh, so never change uh, Gunter Kunst. Anything, Tom, you want to add on the Packers? No. Uh, victory lap about them not taking a first round wide receiver, which it was just, if you looked into it, it was plainly obvious they were not going to do it. Yeah. It's, it's so obvious. <laughs> and they use. As I say, they, they took early day two, I think, just to wind people up as well. <laughs> um, 
just to double down on it. Uh, the Vikings had one of the weirdest drafts where they traded a bunch to uh, their rivals, divisional rivals, and helped them get better players. So that's definitely a strategy. Um, so that's that's pretty, yeah, pretty strange. But hey ho, they went up and then took a bunch of investment into their defense. Uh, Lewis uh, Kine, the safety. Then they took Andrew Booth Jr. on day two, cornerback. Uh, Ed Ingram at guard, Brian Asamoah at linebacker, and then another uh, cornerback in a Caleb Evans. Um, good position, good for need. If one of those can, if one of those picks can can excel this year, I think it'll be a, it'll look like a fantastic draft for them, right? Like they're still in that wild card, hoping for a good run, Bengals sort of run, right? They got enough talent. Yeah, they they did need to reset on defense though. Um, yeah, it's one of those where you go. Their starting cornerback last year was twenty twenty one Patrick Peterson. <laughs> it's like, ooh, <laughs> okay, cool. So so defensive secondary was always going to be high on their list. Um, yeah, you, you got to do what you got to do. Um, they they have the other pieces like they have Dalvin Cook, they have Kirk Cousins, they have. Um, uh, Justin Jefferson, like they've got the offense, really. They just need to put it all together, as you say. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Cole, anything to add on the Vikings? No. <laughs> cool. Then we will go to the East, uh, and we'll go to Dallas first. Um, they took uh, again very functional picks and very you know, drafting for need. Tyler Smith. At tackle, Sam Williams, linebacker, Jalen Tolbert, wide receiver, Jake Ferguson, tight end, and a few others. This was just draft for need, and I think some people underestimated sort of where their needs were, especially with O-line and just how much of a priority that was going to be for them, right? So that was a... Uh, I think they got a decent pick there. And I do like Jalen Tolbert, uh, especially as a third choice receiver. Um, that's going to be a lot, uh, no, uh, a lot for them, which is good. Any any comments on the Dallas Cowboys and their C minus draft? Sam, well, I'm going to say Sam Williams is the embodiment of Jerry Jones's Dallas Cowboys. And <laughs> by all means, do that googling and find out what I mean by that. <laughs> uh, now we get on to the, and I would say this is an A plus draft, but no, I'm going to go with the Japanese game model, and this was an S rank. Uh, draft class for Joe Schoen uh, who was occasionally on the phone um, not always uh, everything fell the Giants way uh, we we picked up uh, and even though the bad man David Gettleman is gone uh, he has left us a few treats uh, in, this, in this case the 7th overall pick we took Kayvon Thibodeau edge at 5 with Okonwu and Neil still on the board as I mentioned, the Panthers took a combo. So we took Neil, uh, and a merry little time was had in Bradland um, <laughs> after about two and a half minutes of stressing when the little the pick is in came up and then having to look <laughs> away from all devices until I heard the magical words. <laughs> um, yeah, you were very worried it was going to be Charles Cross, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was, there, was, there, was, there was belief. Shit, that nearly went that. That nearly happened. But yeah, other than that, other than, than Tibbs and, and Neil, which was already a massive win for us, 
We went and got Wondell Robinson in the second round, who I really like. I mean, I did have in my notes that if he was just a bit taller, he would be slam dunk talked about as like the best receiver in this draft. But because he's undersized, people are going to sleep on him. So I like it. Um, perhaps he can score a touchdown or at least teach the others how to do that. That would be nice. Um, and then it was a lot of just functional, you know, rebuild the roster and hope that one of these guys hits and, you know, you get a you, you, you get a player that can play for the next four or five years, hopefully, you know, hopefully beyond, get a second contract out of Cordell Flott, Joshua Azidu, Dan Bellinger at tight end, Dane Belton. A lot of needs uh, and defensive rebuilding uh, towards day two and day three. But hell of a draft. I'm loving it. Um, but hey ho, there we go. Did anyone else got any any knocks on uh, on Thibodeau or Neil or anything else Joe Schoen did? Yeah, you forgot to draft a quarterback. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> we won games without one last year, Cole. Don't ask me how, but we did. Can I give you another update on the uh, DeAndre Hopkins situation? So first of all, he won't be appealing his suspension. That will stand. And the latest news is DeAndre Hopkins tested positive for three separate types of anabolic steroids and a low-grade beaver tranquilizer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, More as we get it from the NFL beaver tranquilizer insider, (laughs) Colin Taylor. Philadelphia Eagles took everyone's main love, Jordan Davis, uh, (laughs) with the 13-year-old overall pick they then took cam jurgens who was then uh, uh jason kelsey was then asked about this and basically said i've been looking at a lot of cam jurgens and he's basically me and that's who i would pick if i was the eagles and looking to replace me and i think that was fine because kelsey knows that he's probably got one maybe two years left in him which is totally fair they also then took nakobe dean uh, in the third round who fell to them because the eagles just can't resist taking a linebacker uh, in the NFL draft. They also, as aforementioned, traded for AJ Brown using one of their two first round picks. They then went on to pay him uh, at four years, a hundred million and fifty seven million dollars guaranteed, I believe. That sounds right. Uh, and so, yeah, he's getting paid uh, a lot of money, but not a lot of money, uh, as Tom will tell you, with that guarantee. Uh, I think we get to see the details, but no, that yeah, probably no, averages yeah. out to somewhere at two year with a third year option, right? That fourth I, year will be. I, 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 yeah, I reckon. I reckon the third year probably guarantees during the second year, so it's probably a three year yeah. deal, and then he gets another extension. That would be my yeah. guess. If he gets an extension, because he he is injury prone and kind of struggle, but <laughs> it does give them the options uh, to build around Jalen Hurts, who. You know, again, AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, um, whatever the whoever you're playing at running back that week, there's options there. So there's at least some trust in AJ Brown, right? Uh, so it, it trust in Jalen Hurts and, and telling him to prove himself before they maybe go out and get themselves a new quarterback as well. Uh, then we have the Washington Commanders, uh, whose first ever pick in the NFL uh, was Jahan Dotson by a receiver out of Penn State, who I love. Um, so I hate the fact that he's gone to a team I hate. Um, then they took Federian Mathis, uh, D lineman with their second round pick. Brian Robinson Jr. was a third round uh, running back draft pick, um, which is confusing to me, but I guess you do need to account for Antonio Gibson missing at least four games a year. Um, and then, yeah, just a bunch of other 
uh, essentially bulk pick. Um, not a massive fan of it, but don't hate it either. I think Dotson is a very dynamic receiver, so that would be a really good accompaniment uh, across Terry McLaurin. Uh, Tom, anything to add on the Washington Commanders? Well, they've obviously traded for Carson Wentz, but Sam Howell in the fifth round. <laughs> like, Sam Howell was my QB1. <laughs> and he went in the fifth, but he would have been like, what, the sixth or seventh QB taken, right? There's a lot of things out there that if Sam Howell had come out last year, he'd have been one of the top quarterbacks or, you know, it's, it is that mad that it's like year to year with these quarterbacks. But we are looking at first two months, maybe the third month of the season, yeah. Sam Howell's going to be Fair. starting for this team. Yep, yeah, I agree with that. Um, right, the Cardinals. We've spoken about them. Obviously, now, in context of not having DeAndre Hopkins, which I guess they didn't know before the draft, but hey-ho, it's good that you draft, uh, traded for Marquise Brown because um, that's your new wide receiver one, uh, <laughs> at least for six games. Um, perhaps one of the biggest... Uh, rip-off deals, I guess. Uh, the Cardinals trading a first for that when you could have got AJ Brown. Um, did feel like a bit of an overpay for Marquise Brown. Um, but it is <laughs> what it is. Uh, and then Kyler Murray is, is going to just enjoy throwing him 50-yard bombs downfield. And I'm going to forget all about this ever critiquing the trade. It's just going to look like it was absolute magic. Um, right. Uh, the Rams, uh, who everyone says, oh, fuck them picks and, and likes to, to preach that mantra. They actually had uh, eight of them uh, in the end. It wasn't until the third round, but they, they make good use of them. So expect one of these names to be an all-pro or Pro Bowl talent in the next five years. Logan Bruss, guard. Kobe Bryant, cornerback. Uh, Kyron Williams, running back. Quinton Lake, safety. Darion Kendrick, cornerback. Daniel Hardy, linebacker. Russ Yeast, safety. And AJ Akuri, uh, tackle. One of those guys will be an all-pro talent just because that's what the Rams do. Um, so, yeah. For as much as they fuck them picks, it is a bit of a, a misnomer. Uh, then we've got San Francisco and Colum. I will defer to you uh, for a team that didn't have uh, a first round pick. How do you feel you did? Meh. Uh, <laughs> Drake Jackson. Cool. On to the Seahawks. Uh, people people <laughs> were very high on Drake Jackson well, after the pick was made saying he's a great value where he was. I, I think replacing D Ford was a need but I don't think he was great value. I think a lot of mocks had him around that area. You know, you know terms of his placement on big boards um the pick of a third round running back is something tom and i joked about a couple months ago about how he was uh, you know carl shannon was still likely to put a day two pick somehow into a running back and he's done it danny gray um you know speedster but with no hands um and then obviously guys to kind of fill out the depth chart brock purdy we i i spent about 30 seconds on him. Uh, 30 seconds you all loved. He is Mr. Irrelevant. Um, a guy who could, you know, really do a lot in terms of challenging Trey Lance for his, his job on the team if only he could throw the damn football. Um, yeah, meh draft. Still some holes on the roster. We'll see what happens. I don't think he could have gone two more opposing styles than Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. It's definitely a, a, an interesting pick. <laughs> right, last team, Tom. Seattle. 
They had uh, a bunch of first round picks uh, that they traded away, uh, and then they traded back for because they got they traded away Russell Wilson. Does that does it work both ways with the trade, Tom? Do I have to look at their draft class and go, oh yeah, they got all this, but they traded away Russell Wilson? Do I have to <laughs> acknowledge that as well? <laughs> um, Probably. They took Charles Cross with a ninth overall pick to get their tackle. They also took Boy uh, Boy Maffe, uh, linebacker. They then took Ken Kenneth Walker, the running back. Abraham Lucas, another tackle, and then finished it out with uh, Kobe Bryant, Tariq Woolen, and Tariq Smith, Bo Melton, and Tariq Young. Fine. I don't think any of these picks are setting <laughs> the world on fire. Um, Charles Cross felt like a clear step down from the top two. But yeah, like I, I think if you if you liked this draft, you loved this draft. It's a very polarizing one. A lot of people have said that the the Seahawks have got their two starting tackles in Lucas and Cross, um, and and some of the hype for Ken, Kenneth Walker. I'm not understanding at all. Especially, I'm seeing a lot of fantasy heads going on about him when he's going into a team that probably aren't going to be in front a whole lot. So the whole run the ball thing. Okay, that's all well and good, but if you only get seven drives a game how much you really run in the ball and he's gonna start at least behind Richard Penny who had the best month of his career ever to finish the season last year and Chris Carson now granted they're both gonna stay healthy for a combined 10 or 11 games but that only gives you six games of Kenneth Walker who really I don't think you're gonna see him take double digit carries are you? He's, he's a guy that's gonna get six or seven and you're gonna hope he's gonna break one which weirdly was Rashad Penny's role for the last four years <laughs> yeah it's uh, I'm very confused Kobe, by the pick so, sorry Kobe Bryant worth a mention though the, the corner from Cincinnati he obviously played uh, across from Source Gardner um, and won the Jim Thorpe award which is like for the best defensive back in the country obviously got targeted a metric fuck ton because Ahmad Gardner wasn't getting targeted basically at all um, and, and kind of rose to the challenge enough. So whether some of his production was because of the amount of targets he was getting or not, who knows? But if we look back on this in three years and go, wow, how do they keep plucking these corners out in the fourth and fifth round? Well, there was evidence to say he was good beforehand. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a, a, a good plan, isn't it, for cornerbacks? Is, right, let's look at the top top two or three cornerbacks in the draft and then let's look at the other guy that <laughs> played opposite them and yeah. we'll maybe go get them because they look they, they probably had some work to do so they probably put a lot on tape yeah i i i, I appreciate you saying yeah if you if you like this class then you you love the pick so uh sorry if you like yeah yeah if you like this class you love you love the picks but that <laughs> is the super show of the draft first round recap uh well not the right that's the, that's the nfl draft recap super show of sorts um, Tom has grace, graciously asked to edit this whole thing. Um, yeah, I probably should have so... waited for us to record it and then offered. That would have been a better idea, wouldn't it? That yeah. was somewhat. Yeah, it's <laughs> not about 15 minutes me. of you talking about Ryan Tannehill and Malik Willis and NFL draft game theory in there somewhere that <laughs> you can maybe edit around. Um, but there's a lot in there. Uh, Colin, we throw. No, I'll cut you. the rest. That'll be the only thing I'll keep in there. <laughs> Colin, we throw to you for one last update on uh, DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> um, 
any other supplements. <laughs> you you have said that. about 17 words combined since that Hopkins. I know you're just scrolling Twitter, Carl. <laughs> I'm just trying to find out if Beaver supplement, it like tranquilizers, <laughs> are a real thing. Right, uh, Carl, I need to go Thank you very much for listening Rogan. to this episode <laughs> of the And the Kick is Good podcast. We're bordering on two hours to give you an idea of just how much I've cut out when this podcast goes live, and you can check out the total runtime of it. Please follow us on Twitter at the Kick is Up for takes that are slightly more nuanced than this podcast. And I hate it until because next of it. Week, <laughs> it's <laughs> goodbye from me. Tom has locked us both out of the account so that we can't post hot takes. It's boring. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> Hashtag give him back the password. Love you. <laughs> <laughs>